Welcome to season five, episode one of Two Crees in a Pod. Uh, we are super excited because today we are joined by one of our aunties and our, our grandmothers. And uh, we're really excited to um, have a really interesting discussion. We already have had a really interesting mm -hmm. discussion. We probably should have pressed record about an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I want to give our guests an opportunity to introduce themselves and then we'll dive into the conversation. I'm thankful to be here today. Noella Steinhauer and Sigasun, Unitskapone Hote, Magute Gamsi Pinitatuskan. I work across the river over here. I'm really happy and pleased to be here today because this is a topic very dear to my heart. Hi, hi. Thank you. Um, so, we were having, like I mentioned earlier, we we're having this really interesting conversation as we were just visiting. And I love our visits. Uh, I was saying to my, my kids when I was leaving the house, I said, I'm really tired. I said, but I'm really excited. I said, because I get to go and visit with uh, your Kukum Leona and, and auntie. So I'm excited to be here too. Uh, in our conversation when we were visiting, you had said something, and I'm going to quote you. And please tell me if I'm wrong with this quote. But you said, Every indigenous language is finished. Everything you need is in there. Can you talk about that? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> well, when I was starting my grad studies, like a little over 20 years ago, um, we had a, a Lakota elder who came from, from uh, he was, his PhD was from Stanford and he came to teach us in our uh, indigenous, it was native, I can't remember, First Nations education, it was a master's and PhD, and was one of the first in the country. So they always wanted to get these profs out there who, ha who could provide really interesting or new perspectives. And so it was one of the first courses where that really woke me up about thinking about the language. And one of the things, and he was a Lakota elder, his name was uh, Lionel Kanua. And mm -hmm. he said, I'm not gonna teach you your language and the course was called Revitalizing Indigenous Languages. But he really taught us about understanding the complexity of our language. Mm -hmm. And one of the things he said is, every Indigenous language is finished. Everything you need to know is already there. And I was just devastated. I thought, oh, you mean it's going to die? You know, you get that real <laughs> egocentric response. And as we went through, and then I realized what he meant is everything we need to know is there. Mm. He said, if we break down our words, and ever since then, that's always been my idea of how I'm going to think about it. He really taught us how to think about everything we said, because we have new words, which are descriptors, but those older words, those are our key words. Those are, we can break those down even down to the smallest sound to the smallest tone mm -hmm. and tones that's why 
tones are everything. That's why people don't even know the first time they go to a powwow and how they feel. Or you, a baby, you'll make a baby cry by saying, a me, because it's the tone, that tone, and it's in their cellular memory. Mm. So tones really play a big part in, in what, how we think, how we um, live in the, that's why people call it a living language, because we have a physical response to it. Hmm. And it's, so much of it is contingent on that context. Mm -hmm. So when we say that languages are finished, everything we need to know, because even my graduate work now is guided by the language. Mm -hmm. my, my, my graduate work, my research work, that's where it is. So my research is in a community. My research is going to language speakers because there's nothing those books over there can teach us mm -hmm. or anywhere. It's in our communities. That's where the knowledge is by our mm -hmm. speakers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, when you talk about how you feel the language, and I remember, Roxanne, when we were, when Leona and I were doing some work around research in the language, specifically in my MSW, and we were um, going through a number of the different words that folks, that speakers were sharing with me in regards to uh, translating trauma, for instance. Hmm. But I remember one of the words, um, and I, it was the word that my dad gave to me, and I, uh, and I came to work. And I went into Roxanne's office and I sat there and I said it, pronounced it as best as I could. Um, and she's just like, was like, oh, Terry. Mm. Like, and I was just like, what? <laughs> mm -hmm. Right? But she felt it. And you could see the way she held herself, the way she grabbed like her chest. And she was like, oh, you could just feel that word. Mm. You know, and again, like, the, and you speak about that. And I think that, you know, you, there was something that you, you shared earlier in regards to, you know, the problem with translation. So when we think about Indigenous research and we think about research within the language um, and the problem with translation, and maybe you want to um, each kind of talk a bit about that. From my own experience when I was doing my uh, dissertation, all my uh, interviews and all the elders that I had in the circle, we all only spoke Cree. And then when it came down to theming and writing, I sat on it for a year because I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And I really punished myself and I thought, if I knew English better, if I had good vocabulary, you know, I kept thinking that I could have done it. And then after a year, I realized my dad was sick and I thought, I better get cracking on this. So I went into ceremony, brought in my flags and offered it and you know explained that I was having difficulty in writing my dissertation. The next morning I woke up and the thought came to me, well, I thought it was my thought, wasn't it? Anyway, it was, why don't I just break those words down? Each little piece of word, what that really means. And for me, that set the path for where I am now. Hmm. in terms of looking at a word and, mm -hmm. you know, just comparing, you know, what does it mean in English? And all those English words are basically nouns, whereas ours are verbs. Even the way we're related, how we're, you know, the Nigawi, uh, Nigawi, what their roles were, mm -hmm. you know, it's just not an ante. Mm -hmm. It's what is their, what is her role to you? What is his role to you? 
you know, all of that, it really has opened my eyes to, to words, for example, the other one I, you know, I was uh, thinking of the, the English word for pipe. Well, it could be a pipe you smoke, could be a pipe in the, in the walls, could be any kind of pipe. Mm. And, I, and I thought of that, and we call ours as Uspwagan. And uh, when you hear that little, like you mentioned, well, uh, the OS, Mm-hmm. It's in reference to higher power. Mom Ustge, you know, you're saying prayers. you know, that you're being pitied by the higher power. All those ceremonial words has Uska Bill. Yeah. You know, Uski you know, all of those. And so, and in the pipe of Uspawagan, Pawagan is a guiding spirit. Hmm. It's in our dream state, or even in our dreams, or even a dream state, that these answers come to you. It's like my thought on, on um, breaking down the Cree language, Cree, Cree words to, to take meaning out of them. And so I didn't have to try and find, find the English words to it. So it just made more sense to me. Hmm. So, and then now, almost every word I try and see, figure out, you know, wh- where does that come from? Nitsikasun. My name is Nitsi is my belly button, and through that, it's uh, you know who are you con- connected to umbilically, you know your your uh, your your mom, your dad, your your relatives. That's how you introduce yourself to other people, and also it's by doing that, your name, your parents, your grandparents, sometimes your community. That's the beginning of an awesome relationship with those people Mm -hmm. because they get to know you you know in and uh, get to know your parents Mm -hmm. and we talked about how important parents are and how we how we can as parents if we don't if we cross those boundaries Mm. our kids and you know i've been thinking about that word as well somebody else made us cross that boundary hmm. and the boundary of who we are, Nehiwa, you know, mm-hmm. and tried to change us into something else, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> try to change us white, which is impossible. Anyway, and so now our people, Otsinewak, hmm. that's what's happened. Yeah. You know, all of the thought, all of the things we lost our, our ceremonies, our language, our parenting, all of those things and how we've come out of those institutions as not who we are, we were intended to be with our gifts and our purpose and our relationships with our families, our responsibilities, our decision-making processes, all of those. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> And that's so true, because I often think about that. Why are we like in the state we are? Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. And, you know, that's how I thought about it, too. It was that loss. It wasn't ours, but we have to, we had to carry it. We have to own it. Hmm. And um, when we translate, you can't capture the essence of that, that that spirit in what that actually means. We can try the best, because English is just flat. 
-hmm. It doesn't have the spirit to it. It doesn't evoke those kind of emotions, mm -hmm. even those sounds we hear. Like we hear a drum, you hear a baby, babies always do. First time they hear a drum, they go, they know what to do because that's in their memory, in their cellular memory, in their knowing. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so when we translate, we're only taking a little like snapshot. We're taking mm -hmm. only a small picture of that. And that's the problem with language. Mm -hmm. um, my uncle told my sister, language doesn't belong in the institution. And I've been thinking about that for a while. It doesn't because we don't have the capacity. We can teach linguistic part of the language, but we can't teach the spirit of it. It mm -hmm. has to be in context. It has to be in the ceremony. It has to be in how people feel it, how people, like, um, um, how people understand and make meaning of what you're talking about. And when you said, I can understand better in ceremony, it's because it's the context. Mm -hmm. yep. And that's why kids can learn our language. We just have to give them the context. Hmm. The, we're trying to do all these things and teach them. And uh, Tom Pocklington, late Tom Pocklington mm -hmm. said that. He said, if I have to learn my colors again, or I see a buffalo, he said, I'm going to scream. I remember him <laughs> saying that. Because we teach language that way. We try to teach it in a rote way with no context. <clears throat> hmm. And that's never worked for, maybe it works for some people, but sure doesn't work for us because we have to make meaning of it. We have to understand it. Our kids would understand it. So you take kids to ceremony, mm -hmm. they're going to understand that. And mm -hmm. ceremonies change. We can't translate everything. No. And we shouldn't be translating because mm -hmm. when we translate, we're trying to draw parallels. And there's no parallels. Mm -hmm. There's very few parallels in our thinking. Hmm. You can think in Cree in English. I said that earlier. And how you can't teach someone how to think in Cree. Mm -hmm. hmm. They have to understand, they had to experience, how did you experience those things we were talking about, mm -hmm. even the, the conversational pattern. So we can't teach that. You have to experience it. Mm -hmm. So you can't just do the translation because uh, another key thing Lionel said, he said, the ceremonies will never, the ritual will change, but the ceremony will never change because of the intention and that's what language is. The ceremony, that language, those words are never going to change. Those words mm -hmm. that were gifted to us, that finished our, our language. We can add these other things as part of the ritual, like we're adding on words. But we, the, the, the ceremony will never, ever change. Hmm. Yeah, language is such a, a beautiful thing. I uh, remember when Spencer was born 12 years ago. I made a commitment I was going to, because I didn't, didn't teach my kids the language, I made a commitment I was going to teach them. And I was all gung-ho. <laughs> and then shortly, yeah, when he was four, he was assessed as autistic and he would never speak. So I backed off on that, you know. I thought, okay, maybe he, maybe he can only learn English because he has to go to school, so to speak, real munial-minded. Anyway, um, now that I'm home, we start to speak. We say our prayers in Cree, and mm -hmm. he just knows them all, you know. And then he asks me for stuff to say in Cree. Hmm. He said, uh, we go to um, Universal Studios. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm Iha, he said, I'm Iha. I'm Iha. I'm Iha. I'm Iha. I'm Iha. 
Universal Studios. <laughs> <laughs> he knows his prayers like that. It's amazing. And now it's like every day I, I teach him a, a few words, adding to that. So every night he'll say, Kokum, what? Mr. Hikisagihten. And, and, you know, somehow when he speaks in English, it's like he's translating from Cree to English hmm. because our verbs and our nouns can go back and forth. And his, yeah, you'd think he was, uh, if I translated what he said in English and translated it to Cree, it, was, it would be okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. I don't know. It's probably cellular memory or something like that. Mm. But it's, it's really interesting to see him. Yeah. And the kids pick up the pronunciation. I bet you he doesn't say Tante <laughs> <laughs> or Ton, Ton, Tonzi. <laughs> That's because even if they've never, you know, yeah. they, they, don't, they don't say that. Because, because they've learned those those sounds in, and yeah. we have a funny story, my sister and I, about Tante. <laughs> <laughs> Too long, no. But, but my uncle Ruben told us about how there's specific sounds like that, the and mm -hmm. the b that we have in Korean. It's the way I forgot what he explained that contact, the the way that the top top of your tongue hits the roof of your mouth and the air flows over. <laughs> Or he had a very, he had a very, uh, a very good explanation, but it's yeah. the, it's like where we place our tongue, mm -hmm. yeah. and the kids know our kids even if they, and when they start to learn the language, they they it's no problem. Like I teach my uh, niece and nephew real obscure words like thapskun, you know, and they always threaten each other from when they were little. I'm gonna hit you in a thapskun. <laughs> And they say it real good, real uh -huh. clear, and I'm sure your grandson's the same way they say it yeah, real clear. Yeah, they he says, is, and he's been very serious about since COVID. So I'm not the coronavirus. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> but it's, so it's interesting that you say that because my girl, my youngest girl, she goes to Westmount, and it's uh, the only junior high in Edmonton that has Cree language as an option, right? And she went to Is Prince Charles. junior high in Edmonton? Yes, wow. that has Cree language. Okay. Prince Charles is the only elementary mm -hmm. school that is uh, that has Cree as the only language. They don't, they don't even offer French there. And so I was intentional about that, ensuring that my kids were in Cree speaking, or they had a Cree teacher, right? And so my daughter came home one day and I use the commands at home, um, but uh, she came home one day and we were talking and I was in the kitchen and uh, I was saying something to her in English and she was on the opposite side of the wall and she said, Gigway? <laughs> and I was like, holy, you said that pretty, that pronunciation, she yeah. had it. Gigway? You know, and she made the sounds and, you know, and, and to this day, like now she says it all the time. Like if she doesn't hear me, she'll ask about something. And I'm and it's just just that simple pronunciation piece, right? Where and and the other thing that I, I thought of when you were talking is, you know, when we, we fall into our Cree accents, because Terry and I don't speak the language fluently, but we will say an English word, you know, and we we can't like we'll trip over it, right? We'll trip over the English word and we'll our real Cree, like that Cree will come out. 
Where's my shoes? <laughs> <laughs> Can you pass me my shoes? But I think Pants. it's Pants. the theater. You know, like thunder. Thunder. But I think about that sound that you just made that, you know, that mm-hmm. and where that our tongue hits the top of our mouth. And I think about how when we try to speak the English mm-hmm. language, that that's that that's that blood memory. That's that cellular memory mm-hmm. you were talking about. That that's our creed, our nehiawe, just wants to just come out. And I was thinking about that. And it's interesting because my youngest daughter, her belly button, I put in a Cree dictionary. And when she was small and she was starting, you know, at the age of starting to talk and she was having difficulty in, in speaking English. Mm-hmm. And then, but then what I would do was that I would say an English word, which she struggled with, and then I would say it in Cree. So like, and then she would be clear. And then I feel bad now because I think like in her older years, we did um, speech therapy. And even now, like we just had this conversation and she's like, why is it that sometimes like I, like my S's? And so they're trying to correct that sound, but then that's the sound that she needs to speak in the language. Yeah. And it's like, oh, what do you do? So she's not in speech therapy right now. But again, like I think about that and I reflect because she was for years mm-hmm. as a child. And again, like I'm, I, I felt again like that I was taking that away because she can clearly say the Cree, but she struggles with the English. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's a, it's a hard thing to correct. They tried to correct it when I... First, I don't know if you had to take that English language test when you mm-hmm. are in the yes. faculty of education. Mm-hmm. And because of my Cree accent, I had to go for speech therapy. Huh. And so they sent me there because <clears throat> my voice wasn't strong enough. I didn't speak loud enough. And I had to, my accent uh, was too strong. And so they wanted to correct it. So they gave me a paper, filled it out. You had to go to speech, th- the student services. And I went over there. And she said, why are you here? And I said, well, I have to get speech therapy. They said, uh, my accent students will get confused. She goes, she just signed it and gave it back. She said, there's no problem. So it, mm-hmm. it was also heard. They don't do that uh, speech and language test anymore, but you had to throw your, you'd be able to speak loud enough. And I thought, I'm never going to talk to Cree kids that loud. Stagat's still laughing. In my outdoor voice, <laughs> I talk like that. The kids would laugh at me. Tante. Tante. Ask Tom. You know, it's that kind of, like I thought, the kids I'm going to teach, I don't need to talk that loud. And they're, they're, they're going to be used to my accent. Mm-hmm. So, but no matter what, I could speak English all day and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. it just happens. Or I, do, do you say he and she get mixed, mixed those up? Mom, yeah, I'm aware. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm aware. I know it. But we correct those in our kids from a little, mm-hmm. from a young age. Even yes. if they're not a Cree speaker, they make that because the parents do. And there's that second language acknowledgement we never, ever acknowledge enough. They're learning language from a second language speaker. And so they're often misdiagnosed. They have a delayed language hmm. learning. Um, they don't know their gender differences. Oh, God, they know. Mm-hmm. But it's just they hear that. Hmm. And you do, don't correct because we're not going to correct an adult who says he for you. My dad. Your dad? My dad, ne- like my dad would call my kids 
both daughters and he and he would say how did he do i never corrected my dad i would never my dad do always that did that too my dad always did that mm -hmm. and i'm sure you, mm -hmm. your, your parents have, yeah. and now as i get older i notice i do it not as much but i know as i notice i'll do it every so often and especially if i'm in a conversation with uh someone when we're speaking half korean half english mm. yeah yeah and then that gets us in trouble as like professionals within like working with students or in like these other institutions where you know we are tripping on that and then we have you know somebody who is offended that we haven't um made the correct pronoun mm -hmm. for instance and i've had that right where it's like i didn't even realize in the sense of um and so trying to be more mindful of that but again like i think that that goes back to some of those teachings within the language yeah I specifically used to yeah admire linda Bo. remember mm -hmm. she had a very very thick cree accent and she was she she would uh, make her deliveries all over the world presentations and she had this very very thick cree so i don't now i don't try to sound more yasque <laughs> Me, just what I'm trying to make, make a phone call. I say Tante. Tante. Or uh, Papa Chase. That's what <laughs> I remember in class, one of the girls, uh, how do you say owl? They asked her. Oh, ho. <laughs> oh, ho. Oh. And I, okay, and I love this because <laughs> one of the things that I know can happen, and again, for like, for like Terry and I's generation, for example, or like my kids, where, you know, we are going to mispronounce things sometimes, and we do like laugh at ourselves, like we, we're, I'm able to laugh at myself, you know, and, uh, and because of the relationships that we have, we can laugh amongst one another, mm -hmm. right? And I think about how, you know, many of our people who are reconnecting with their language, with the culture, with their kin, you know, all those things and how the pronunciation, because I think what, where I'm privileged, and I have to recognize this, is that I am privileged because I was raised in community and I was raised, you know, going <laughs> to sweat with you and your family mm -hmm. and, your, and our family in Saddle Lake and, you know, going to ceremony at a very young age I'm very privileged that mm -hmm. way. So I, I've been, you know, I, I'm rezzed out that way, you know, like I have that, that in me. And I have to always recognize that there's, not everyone has that privilege, you know, that not everyone has that privilege. But it's interesting because I can go, I can switch real quick. Like I can go Muniasque real quick, <laughs> you know? But I also recognize that my mom's Muniasque, right? So I'm yeah. half I'm half anyway. Yeah. So when I do it, I'm like, try I'm half. I can I can go real quick. But people also have to understand that's a really important point you make because sometimes we laugh about how people say things. Yep. But it's not laughing at the person yeah. because we know that potentially can happen to us. <laughs> yes. And people often misinterpret our humor. Yes. Yes. They really laughed at. Yeah, that you're <laughs> laughing at. Like you're laughing at them. You're not laughing at them. You're really laughing with them because you know that can happen to you because 
there's stuff I'll say sometimes and I just kill myself laughing because I took me 10 years to say learn how to say strategic <laughs> and, oh you said that around I just rolled up. but I still I still can't say dish soap <laughs> But did you see how she positioned herself? Yeah, you have to, yes, you have put to your shoulders put your back. Yeah. Strategic. <laughs> have to practice. But there's even that. Look at the body response mm-hmm. and how you have to. Because I know those things could happen to me. Yeah. And there's words too, like um, that I have to a- ask all the time because I miss. And there's such small things like we were talking about mm-hmm. that at the beginning. You don't want to say it though on radio. Case there's Cree speakers there, <laughs> but um, there's, some, there's some funny things that they're just slight variations yeah. that could really change the word. And as for Cree speakers, we'll chuckle eh? because yeah. we know that wasn't the intention of the word. We say good job, because <laughs> you know your intention was good. And then we'll also the words are very visual. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! So hey, what was that word? <laughs> share the word. Guys. Share the word. What's the word for for small? And then oh dear, that's too visual. <laughs> we don't want. We don't need the visual. That's what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, that's why we laugh because of what was been said. Yeah. You know how it how mm-hmm. it's, uh, and yeah, and I don't I don't like to make them feel that they were laughing at them, and it's really hard. Not to laugh sometimes because it's, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's funny, eh? And sometimes you'll chuckle after because I remember being a kid, eh? And some of the things you didn't laugh or you didn't have that outward response then mm-hmm. because you know it just wasn't acceptable <laughs> at that time. So you kind of chuckle or you go off later. And, um, and I'm sure I think I've told you this story before. I remember when I was a kid and I used to, I had to, because I was the oldest grandchild. There's that responsibility in the kinship system of what I had to learn hmm. as the oldest grandchild. Anyways, I used to go with my grandma to visit, and one time we went. Do you remember those old age homes, the blue oh, ones? Oh yeah, yeah, my grandma. By the right hall. Yeah. yeah. And one of the old ladies, remember Miss Macocus was in a wheelchair, yes. so we'd stop and visit her. And I remember picking up a cup. We went there. I was a little kid. I was like five or six. And she gave me a cup of tea because I was with her. I was treated like that, but I knew I didn't talk. I didn't say anything. I just sat there. I knew already my role, what I had to do, because I was always with the old ladies. And I looked at that cup and I said, by Nios. And I must have said it out loud. And every time I drink, I'd admire the cup. Fast forward an hour or two later, we were leaving. And the old lady said, Astam, no sims. Come here, my grandchild. And... I looked at my grandmother because she was starting to wash the cup. She was giving it to me because I had admired it so much. Mm. So we got out the door and my grandmother thanked her and I was gracious, but I knew I was in big trouble. (laughs) So she couldn't say any, we didn't say anything there. We walked out the door, we got to the road out of, you know, them hearing us and out of earshot. And she said, I, and she said this in Korean, I don't take you around with me to beg for things. 
and I was just walking, admiring my cup. I had it for a long time. So all the way, probably, I don't know how far I had to get in trouble about not liking something too much because, you know, someone might think you're jealous and they have to get... Like, she explained everything, but I was still in... I knew I was in big trouble, and I knew it before. I knew it the minute she said that. The, the, hmm. the, the kukum said that. Hmm. But those are things people like us to know in language, but see, there's that whole social convention around what happened there. Yep. I knew I was in trouble. I knew, but I had to be very gracious, my grandma too. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, so. Well, that's I, why we don't, we don't admire something no. that somebody's wearing. Well, I mean, we tease, you know, because we know <laughs> that if we really were in the culture, they'd take off whatever and give yeah. it to mm -hmm. us. Yeah. Well, I remember one time there was a, there was a lady who uh, was from Peguis, Manitoba, and she was working with us in Kihiwan. And um, Terry had come to my office, and this lady was working at the front, and uh, Terry was admiring her boots. And it was cold. It was wintertime. I don't know if there was snow yet, but it was, it was getting cold. And she was admiring, Ter Terry was admiring her boots, and that woman took off her boots and gave them to Terry. And she walked outside. Her husband picked her up. She walked outside, no shoes on. And Terry took those boots. <laughs> but I remember. Do you remember that? No, I remember. But I was like, I'm not taking your boots. Like, how are you supposed to go home with no shoes? It was cold. And she refused. Yep. She refused to, like, she take literally them took them off at her desk yep. and gave them. And she wouldn't take them back. Yep. And I felt so bad. Like, I felt so bad. And that's, you were just begging. Oh, no. that's, <laughs> that's, that's thinking in Cree in English. I love yes. that. That's already knowing those social norms. Mm -hmm. And that, I, part of the what is the expectation of learning the language. And you can't learn that unless there's a context for it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Either those situations like the boots or the, the cup. You can learn it. Mm -hmm unless the context is there. And I like love tonight. that. Think in Cree in English. Yeah. Think in Cree in English. Like tonight, Omanteok, we would consider ourselves visitors, Omanteok. Mm -hmm. And when an Omanteok arrived at, in our community or in our homes, that's what we did. We fed them mm -hmm. right off the bat. You know, if there was 10 of them, we'd cook for them and fed them. Mm -hmm. If they were staying overnight, we gave them the best of, of, the best of what we had. And I remember my dad, when they were leaving, they might be there two, three days. When they were leaving, my dad would give the gun to, to, the, to the man. My mom would give, her, give the woman her best blankets. Mm. And, and, you know, and uh, even in the community when there was uh, like a powwow or treaty days or whatever, people used to get, get together and just really well, try and get them to, different people to come to their homes. They were so well received, and they, when they would come in, they would be, they would set them up in the best places, give them the best of the best. I think that's sort of getting lost now, that whole idea mm -hmm. of Monteo. But I see that idea even in working today, <clears throat> that you know when you have somebody coming in to see you, you give them the best, and you mm -hmm. prepare them for their next leg of the journey. And I think that uh, concept is so important, Monteo. And that speaks, and I think about like how my dad has continually, like throughout my adult life, about, and again, that is in alignment with protocol, right? You know, making sure that you have tobacco, making sure that you have a gift, making sure, and never, never even questioning that, 
you know, because it's like, and not even, and he first taught it gently between me and him, mm -hmm. right? If I went to him for something, and so he gently, you know, had that teaching about tobacco. And, um, you know, when I often think about, it's just automatic now, right? Mm -hmm. Where that is part of, um, part of the process. And I think part of that in terms of like taking care of those in our, in our, in our community and our elders, our knowledge keepers, and those that we invite into our spaces that it's, it's not even a question of, do we do this? It's just, you do it. You do it. Yep. And I remember like, Kokum <clears throat> Sarah, she was a humble woman. Like my grandmother was a humble woman. She didn't have a lot. I'll never forget that time she was gifted a fur coat and she was just so embarrassed. <laughs> Do you remember the fur coat? <laughs> so, but I remember. Oh, true mink coat. Oh, it was mink. Oh, sorry. It was mint. 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 It was mint. Oh, there's my mint. It wasn't mink. It was mint. And, uh, but I remember, you know, like when we were all kids, like me and Jody and, Tarina Fair, all of us, we were all kids and we would go sit with her. And it didn't matter who came in. She had tea and a snack. She always had something. She would always have tea ready, you know, and, and she never, ever, she didn't push anyone out the door. You were always welcome. And she, and I think that that's part of, again, like you said, you just do it mm -hmm. because it was taught to you. And it, although I don't remember my grandmother saying, when people come in, you feed them, mm -hmm. it was just what we did. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we do, mm -hmm. right? When people walk in your, your door, are you hungry? Would you like anything to drink? Here you go, you know? Mm -hmm. um, or even like my youngest, like I have my nieces and their kids come and stay over on the weekends, most every other weekend, whatever. And my youngest, I make her give up her room for her, for her auntie and her cousins and whatever. And she just goes, I don't want to give up my room. Why, why do I always have to give up my room? And I make her come and sleep with me. And she likes sleeping with me, but I'm teaching her about when someone comes over, you know, you give them your, you give them your space. You give them that space, you know, mm -hmm. and then she'll say, why don't you give up your room? <laughs> so the last time I did, I gave mm -hmm. up my bed, but I had to sleep with her. And I told her, this is what having company is. You give up your, your bed, you give up your space. And so those things are important too, right? That we mm -hmm. teach our children this by role modeling that, and that it's a sacrifice for one night. It's one night. Mm -hmm. and the, and think about it this way those those your auntie or your cousins will have a good sleep because of it you know and so there's there's sacrifices that we all like and I've heard that story you know mm -hmm. like where you would wonder like how are we gonna eat you know if the best gun is gone how are we gonna eat you know <laughs> <laughs> we breathe hard <laughs> but it always comes back exactly. no matter what it does yes say it again you are blessed you are blessed it's blessings and it's that. about balance. Mm -hmm. It's about balance. It's about, uh, it's you, sharing. I don't know how you say it. Sharing the wealth. It's about the blessings yeah. because the blessings may not be material things. No. It may be good health. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It yeah. may be, you know, someone deciding they're going to bring food over to your house, bringing half a moose, bringing, or bring, yeah. you know, those things happen or mm -hmm. all of a sudden something. You start new. to recognize that though. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. the, the things that are happening, that are, these are blessings. I remember my mom, every every month we had our neighbors, you know, they were mostly boys. So at the third week of the month, 
they would run short of flour and stuff. But when my mom used to go shopping at the end of the month, she already prepared that. Mm. This is what's going to go to the neighbors because there's a whole bunch of boys there. Mm. And so we would lessen our, you know, what we were going to have, right? Because we were preparing for, for mm. them to come over. And it never was, you know, we never felt upset with them. We just understood there's a lot of boys to feed there, you yeah. know? So, yeah. And like, again, Dimaksun, like I said, it wasn't about being poor materially, you know, you didn't have the money. Mm. It's even Mamihtsamun was, when you, when you like to brag, you were poor. Yeah. <laughs> because you're stepping over that line. You're, mm -hmm. not, you're not supposed to be boastful. Yeah, mm. because you're elevating yourself yeah. up or up from the, mm. from the group. So it's, yeah, it's and it's complex, but yeah. it's in the language. Yeah. Everything mm -hmm. is in the language, every single mm -hmm. thing we need to know. Because I was talking a little bit earlier about leadership and how we even, the words we think yeah. about leadership, our governance structures built around those roles. We know those things. We just have to find out who knows that information. Mm -hmm. And people, um, if you ask people information, they, they say, I only know this much, but go ask that person. Yeah. Um, I love our library system because that's our Cree library mm -hmm. system. People will never say, I know. oh, yeah, I know all of this. No mm -hmm. one will ever no. say that. Mm -hmm. Everybody always says, well, I know this, this much, because this is all I know. Maga, they'll say, mm -hmm. there, but this person will know. Mm -hmm. And so then you follow the protocol and you go ask them. And the, they probably will say, and you don't just say, can you tell me this? Then, <laughs> you know, we all know that what we have to do in that process of, of finding that information. And then they often send us. But we have the best library system. And I think APA was modeled after us. <laughs> 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 because, you, we, you know, we, you'll never say even someone who says, oh, I know this, I know this. No one ever says yeah. that. Mm -hmm. a, a real traditional person, a real indigenous, a real Cree person, I can't speak for other indigenous groups, but a real Cree person will, ever, will never say this knowledge is mine. They'll never no. say mm -hmm. that. They'll mm -hmm. always acknowledge. Yeah. That's why I say we're, we're, we're original. APA was modeled after. Yeah. That's true. This person told me that. Or yeah. this person told me a long time ago. Yeah. And sometimes mm -hmm. they, they'll say, that person was told by another yeah. person. Mm -hmm. You always mm -hmm. refer to the knowledge keeper. Yeah, so it's, it's really, and language, that's built into the language, <clears throat> but that ethic around that is also really yeah. critical, and it's not being followed now. No. <laughs> and so when we think about Indigenous, and because so, you know, this course that I'm doing with Leona is around Indigenous research in the language and again looking at the words and really deconstructing the words but again that piece of like speaking with other folks like you Noella and other language speakers and also but also that really important piece of relationships oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. right like mm -hmm. that we are related that we have these relationships and that I feel comfortable enough to be able to be sitting with folks and and you know doing that research in that way and, you know, I guess I can, as a, as a student, and it was eye-opening for me in my master's, you know, doing that, 
deconstructing a lot of those work, the words with Leona around trauma. And then it was, and of course our, our training came from that. Mm -hmm. Right. And it was just like, there it is. You know, you struggle so much with trying to understand or write within the English language when you're talking about ceremony or healing mm -hmm. and traditional practices. And then there's that boundary and that fine line of what am I, what should I be writing and what should I not be writing? Mm -hmm. And so how much do I give and how much do I keep, you know, within the community or within our, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. our spaces? Mm -hmm. And so. sometimes they'll tell you, when I was doing my uh, stuff for my doctoral work, I was interviewing an elder and they were in Cree and she's passed on. And she said, Mate sanma, katsio, kapikta. Like, stop it, close it for a while, she said. The recorder, she said, This is This is for you only. Mm -hmm. And she told me something. And so I knew that wasn't something I could, I was going to put in my research because she said, It's for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's. A really critical framework yeah that's um that's exactly what happened to me too but then they also each individually uh told me you don't don't share this information yet mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're not ready but you will know when they're ready that's when you will share and that's so crazy because i think that <clears throat> i wrote a paper a year ago and I wrote it and it was reviewed and it was ready to be submitted for publishing and I didn't and I sat on it and and then I I started dreaming about it the last couple weeks and it was in my dreams like back to back and so I was like hey I'm being told to do something with it right mm -hmm. and so <clears throat> acknowledging that and awareness of that but also sending it out to people like Leona to you know and yourself and in pieces um to uh review it in that sense but i get that i think that you know there is that awareness that we have to be so critical about as indigenous students when we are doing research specifically around you know the language and ceremony and traditions and so as we are wrapping up um i just want to give you each an opportunity if there's any closing words that you have for our listeners any uh, Cree words? <laughs> What's a Cree word of the day? How do you say sun? Nicholas or Pusin. The other thing I was thinking about is how our words are. And again, uh, Noella mentioned that in terms of in our uh, leadership, our own way, our own leadership way. In, and compared today to today, that Okemao, again, just based on roles, right? But Okemahgan is somebody that's been artificially put there by, again, legislation, right? Mm -hmm. That Gan is not, it's not a real, not our leader, the way we were raised mm. or we, and, uh, the way we believed and how they were raised to be Okemao. So even that in itself, those words reminds us, yep, mm. this, is, this is not our way of choosing leadership. Huh. And, and our language is such a, an important thing. There's social conventions 
um, built into the language like Ogimagan. We know that's an elected leader. We don't mm -hmm. have to ask if there's a traditional leader. Right. But even if someone's passed on, well, I'll say like Nutawi, but so you know that that my father has passed on. I don't have to tell you. You don't have to mm -hmm. ask. Yep. We can mm -hmm. say, and then we you know we say someone was called this before, like <clears throat> that, that by that name, Gagi Siga. So those are things we use. So there's such polite conventions mm -hmm. built into the language it's such a hmm. gentle and beautiful yeah. language like you think of even telling someone to be quiet we'd say to be quiet we'd never in Cree we'd never tell someone to be quiet right off mm -hmm. we would there's probably about four or five things we would do or just no, things we would <laughs> might say <laughs> before before that so it, there's there's such a politeness yeah. built yeah. in and it's not keep your mouth shut <laughs> That's mm -hmm. <laughs> a kiam. Kiam is let it be. Kiamape. Let mm. it be and sit. Mm -hmm. Be be quiet. That's what kiamape. You tell a kid kiamape that they know. Kiamape. Just sit. Be still. Komotse. And thank you for that reminder because that's something like my dad passed away a year and a half ago, and uh, I just started to add that on the end. And I, I didn't, you know, like, because again, my dad was, you know, here physically in the spirit world or in the, in the earth world on this walk. And then when he made his journey, I never added that initially. And then I thought of Roxanne. Roxanne would always, uh, she would always say, and the way she would say it. And I asked her one day, I'm like, why do you add that on the end? And she referred to them as being, because I didn't know. I just asked and Roxanne, of course, was such a gentle teacher. And she explained it to me. And then it took me some time. And now when I refer to like, if I introduce myself, I have to remind myself, okay, use that, right? Because again, it, it reminds me and reminds others like my dad's not here with us here, but he's in, he's in the spirit world. So thank you for that reminder because I think about that. And that is a gentle way. I think also the genogram, right? When you Munial genogram, you put a next when somebody's deceased. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 but for us they they're they're still here. They're mm -hmm. you know they're always here. Yeah. Well, that's why we feed them. Yeah. You yeah. know? I had my these, dad today. We have these yeah. ceremonies. Yeah. That you know, they're still a part of us. We still mm -hmm. talk about them, and yeah. our learnings and our teachings come from them. We never forget about them and, and X them out, <laughs> except our exes. Or the <laughs> those ones we X out. <laughs> or the other one that people do is my second cousin twice removed. I, you're either an auntie, a a cousin, an uncle. That's it. That's all we have. I don't know about all of those. Someone told me. Yeah, they're my uh, grand niece. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> a grand niece. I didn't want to ask because I thought, okay, I don't know anything. Tante. No, Tante. Sorry. You have to put your tongue like We'll end it. Tante. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting how our, our how we're related because we never ste said stepmother or stepfather. Mm -hmm. They were their little mother, Nigawis mm -hmm. or uh, Notawis. And the other term is that Nikosak or Nitaim. No, that is? No. Nitaim is. It actually means a woman. You know, 
Well, what would say in English? Your your um, ex ex husband's wife wife yeah, that's the name you give them. There's 34, 35, 34 <laughs> kinship terms, and they're all included in there. Even that one, that's mm -hmm. a real kinship term. Your ex husband's wife. Wife. wife is. So you're the woman, and his wife are yeah. the guy in there. Yeah. Nikosak is the man and the man. Okay. <clears throat> Well, well, let's end there. <laughs> let's end there before me and Terry start uh, asking. Well, what about uh... give it to us? <laughs> yeah, the exes always have to be acknowledged because they're even even the the kids who aren't yeah. a part of the family. Yeah, like mm. his kids or their kids. Yeah, yeah they're all there's all there's always the, the kinship yeah. is always uh, honored. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Even when you adopt a child, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I remember the the, uh, the old ladies used to say, "Is this the one that you're raising?" Mm -hmm. They would never say, "Is this your son?" because they aren't always honored the birth mom, hmm. always. Yep. So it's not it's not like how we think of adoption, like a, no. a throwaway child. It's yeah. actually you're raising it for yourself, yep. like mm -hmm. like you're raising it up for yourself. It's it's yeah. a very different because they also have to acknowledge that maybe the birth mother couldn't take mm -hmm. care of that child, but it was a blessing to raise that child mm -hmm. for them. Hmm. And a lot of children want to find out who their parents are, yeah. birth parents. Yeah. That's true. So you don't take that away from them. Thank you both. Mm -hmm. So how does Spencer, <laughs> Spencer's prayer, <laughs> COVID, <laughs> COVID, Universal Studios. <laughs> So our listeners, you remember that prayer, okay? <laughs> uh, but we love you both, and we appreciate yes. all of your teachings. There was so much that I learned tonight, so thank you. Yes, we love you. Thank you. Hi, hi for inviting us. Yeah, thank you. Got to visit. Two crees in a pod. Two crees in a pod. Two crees in a pod. Hey. Natani means. Yeah. Let's go. They pushed us to this point, frustrations of a common man Manifest the destiny, preach and pledge the promised land I'm stuck between taking my journey, live with no honor Like what's the use of my kids, can't taste clean water A child born into a world, revolution's not a choice Fighting to be heard, so we make them hear our voice Remember ancestors, anguish lightning in our veins Hear it in a language when they are kitchen for the rain I am product of people that persevere, persecution Paint me so creator sees me if I go out shooting Experience our pain when our women disappear daily Anxious to be angry, pacifists might hate me Trolls on the internet constantly trying to bait me We move in silence, cover of the night Learning from the woods, in the forest Tracking enemies in the woods Reincarnations of warriors riding for salvation Or are we false prophets when we submit to temptation? Colonization is a hell of a drug We all seem to go crazy when we fall in love I said colonization is a hell of a drug We all seem to go crazy when we fall in love I said Two Crees in a Pod.